0: Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome back to Comfort and Chaos. Do you remember the 23rd night of September? I do. I remember a lot of nights in a lot of Septembers. And I don't remember any of them being this damn hot. I don't know where in the world you're listening to this podcast at right now, but I'm sure wherever you are, it's hotter than it's supposed to be. And honestly, y'all, when it's hot, At a time when I think it's supposed to be not, I start getting a little antsy. Just a general level of disturbance for this time period that the UN has officially labeled as the era of global boiling. And you know what, Um, United Nations, I, I do appreciate you. I appreciate a lot of the things you do. But that terminology is uh, it's just not helping, at least me, with this current predicament of living in the era of global boiling. Personally, when I conjure up the image of being boiled alive, I'm not exactly feeling rip-roaring to tap into a positive, motivated state. In fact, the word boiling in itself kind of just makes me feel like a culinary item on the universe's fondue night menu. I, I don't know. But what I do know is that today we are talking about something that inspires all of us, that fills us with a sense of aliveness and connectedness and hope. And that topic is love. Today's guest is someone who I consider to be a true leader in the frontiers of love and relationships and how we can do them in a more embodied, empowered, inspired way. Molly Ray is a relationship coach, but she's also so much more than that. An important distinction in what makes Molly different from so much of the standard relationship advice or information that's out there is that molly's not afraid to challenge the norms she's not afraid to peel back the layers of why we do what we do and why we show up in relationships at all and most importantly how our relationship with ourselves reflects the relationships we have with all the other people in our lives Molly is the founder of Bonobo Relationships, which is a relationship coaching platform that offers one-on-one work, couples work, polycule, you name it, she will work with you. Her expertise is really doubled down in the queer community and the polyamorous community, which is really amazing because those are communities that really do not receive a lot of support or attention in modern relationship conversations. And as you'll hear in the interview today, we talk about all of those things and how we can all do our part in making the world a more flexible spectrum for all types of people in all types of relationships. And honestly, I could just go on and on about how amazing I think Molly is and how grateful I was to share this time with her. But I will go ahead and let this conversation do the talking for me. So y'all sit back, open your hearts, And welcome my guest, Molly Ray of Bonobo Relationships.
1: We all are here together
0: just to learn about ourselves And how we can take care of everybody else Living on a planet that is circling the drain We do the best we can to not just go insane It's comfort All right, Molly Ray, welcome to the podcast.
2: Hi, Eli. I'm so happy to be here today.
0: Happy to have you here. Where are you where are you calling in from today?
2: So oh, I am in Sacramento, California.
0: Okay. Nice. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: How's the weather out there?
2: You know, it is It's not 105 degrees. It's like, I think in the high 80s today. And we're all like, yay. That's so, so that sounds normal. That's not (laughs) excruciatingly hot. So yeah. Yeah. I've
0: I've never been to California, so I don't really, um, yeah, I I look like someone who.
2: You do. (laughs) I'm like, you've never surfed? Well,
0: yeah, I actually have. Uh, I live on an island on the other side of the the state, uh, country. Um,
2: Got it. Okay.
0: Yeah. But so Sacramento, that's like central, central Valley kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's a little,
0: yeah, it's a little different (laughs) here.
2: It's, I love it here. It's like not too cool for school, which I love. It's just kind of like, we're not cool. We love that about ourselves. (laughs) Yeah, And it's like, you know, about an hour, hour and a half to the Bay Area. So San Francisco Oakland, you know, Berkeley, and then also yeah. similar distance to like Tahoe and really beautiful, natural, you know, world. And so yeah. um, I I think it's a great place. And I'm, I'm in California. I'm born and raised in California. And oh, nice. Yeah. So it's, it's it's also the capital. And I'm like, I, I don't have pride about a ton of things, but weirdly right. I'm like, I have California pride and it's just silly. <laughs> I mean, I like, as I say it, i just <laughs> no, like, so silly, but yeah, no, I do. <laughs> stand, stand by
0: it. Stand by it. And you're uh, uh you're a pretty avid mushroom forager, I hear.
2: Yeah. I, I, is avid the right word? Sure. Yeah. I, I love, I love it. I love mushroom foraging yeah. because Honestly, because it makes me feel like a kid. It's like a treasure hunt in the forest or wherever yeah. you're doing it. Jen, for me, it's right. usually in the forest. Um, and I just think it's so exciting and lovely to be in a beautiful place and, you know, being able to, eat, like, I usually forage for for edible culinary mushrooms. But, you know, if you have a quote unquote bad yeah. day, which means you don't find mushrooms, you're like, well, Bummer, I walked in the woods all day like it's not bad, you know. like there's, there's nothing bad about right. that you're just like oh well I didn't get a basket full of delicious mushrooms I just was in a beautiful place walking around with yeah you can't lose <laughs> no it's literally a, a, a win extra win but yeah,
0: yeah. oh it's awesome yeah. I would love to get into that I don't think we don't really have a uh, solid mushroom for in North Carolina we do but not where I live so I'd mm-hmm. have to do some mushroom tourism I think
2: yeah, sure. Which I'm sure is Although, a thing. I bet there's some, whether or not they're like edible or culinary. Like, I bet there's some cool fungus out there. I don't know, maybe. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm,
0: you know, fungus <laughs> finds a way. I guess
2: fungus <laughs> does find a way. I love that fungus <laughs> finds a way. Yeah. We need, maybe yeah, we need, need to learn word. to be more
0: like, be more like fungus.
2: <laughs> oh, we definitely do. There is so much like beautiful metaphor and symbolism around mushrooms and mycelial networks and mutual aid and community that um it's just extra beautiful in terms of why i love mushrooms
0: <laughs> i've like i've learned to love mushrooms from like a culinary aspect because i grew mm-hmm. up hating them like i don't know something about just like the dirtiness of Less them people. the squishiness Limey. yeah mm-hmm. totally. and and then in 2020 I went vegan or started eating plant-based mm-hmm. and some okay. like my taste buds changed. And all of a sudden I like c- craved mushrooms. And so now they're my Love mushrooms are my home. Yeah. <laughs> mushrooms.
2: Yeah. And I mean, not to go too far down this rabbit hole, but like the, the store <laughs> bought just like white button mushrooms aren't that, I mean, they're fine. Right. But like that, they're not that great. And once so you start
0: exploring,
2: once you start, right. Like
0: here's another metaphor for relationships is, <laughs>
2: Once you start opening up your world, it's,
0: it's, <laughs> it's hard to go back to those just white button relationships.
2: Oh, <laughs> look, look at that. Look, look at look at that beautiful segue. But yeah,
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I, that's yeah. a great hobby to have. And, you know, mm-hmm. I hope the fall is uh, fortuitous for you in that.
2: Thank you. Yeah, we're about to come into porcini season. So hoping to head out to some some places. Actually, it's already been porcini season in in some places, but exciting rest, hopefully in the next exciting. few weeks or month or so yeah
0: nice yeah. <laughs> well yeah. so podcast listeners uh bait and switch to you we're actually not talking about love today we're just going to talk about mushroom
1: <laughs> <laughs> let's go let's <laughs> and, uh, do it <laughs> And we're, we're
0: all here for it um but what uh you know what's on your heart today what's what's feeling present what's feeling <sighs> pertinent to you in this moment today
2: regarding love (laughs) regarding relationships regarding anything anything
0: your life you know it's all connected so
2: Mm.
0: what's the most the topic that's just coming at you today
2: you know a topic that has been just so present on my i'll say specifically on my heart is um my friendships (laughs) these days Mm. like i um I went through that this this whole past year has been a very important one and a very challenging one in the sense of I've um, felt very introspective and, and introverted, which is not um, how I have identified throughout my life. I have, oh, really? I have not identified yeah, I've I've definitely been like an extrovert, theater kid, like have that identity very kind of solidified. Um, and Went through a, a breakup last year, um, and just like really, it's been since the the winter, so like January, February of this year, where I've been more present to my feelings and did a lot of. I'm gonna use the very very general term of healing which is hard and like the growing yeah. pains of all that like it's you know we I think people think yes. healing and like oh that's so nice like no it's fucking suck am I allowed to swear on this podcast absolutely okay. yeah <laughs> fuck yeah yeah so like it's really hard and so a lot of my year has been that and so really like a craving alone time mm. and just being with myself and feelings and it's been really hard, really beautiful, really good. And I'm feeling these kind of vestiges that that feel both new and old of having that kind of extrovert side come back into, but it feels more authentic now. And so I've been spending a lot of time with um, just people I just love so dearly. And this this past weekend i just had so much wonderful friend time with a variety of different people and yeah. i'm just like feeling so full mm. and grateful and happy and um yeah it just feels really
0: good that's amazing and
2: yeah
0: yeah that's and to go back to like the oh i didn't uh, identify as extrovert or introvert before mm-hmm. and then things changed. i think the cool thing of, there's not a lot of cool things about COVID, but there are some interesting things that happened as a result of what we had to go through, yeah. is that everyone was kind of forced to figure out what their what that identity meant to them or if it really meant as much as they thought. You know, yeah. I, I always grew up very introverted and I still, you know, energetically feel like an introvert. You know, if I'm around a group of people for too long, I need to like retreat and recover. Yeah. But during COVID, you know, I had thought like, oh, I just need so much alone time and I need to be like alone all the time. And then you are not presented with the choice to be around other people. Mm. And suddenly you're like, you know, actually, this is a this isn't what I want. I want I want the choice. (laughs) I want like the option to be in community Mm. and then also the option to retreat from it. So. I think it kind of and then extroverts were kind of thrust into a more introverted position and maybe they saw some of the benefits of taking time away from people. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of all led to this middle ground. of yeah. you know, it's, it's really a balance and there's no one way to be.
2: Right. And I mean, that gets me into this idea of even just labels and identities as something to even... Um, question sometimes and to say is sure. this something that I've just kind of latched onto, and so I've built an identity around that without kind of more yeah. of the discerning elements and or is this something that really does resonate and I've come to a place of like I actually like the the if I'm going to choose a word and, and language is important to communicate and myself, but like I really like ambivert because there are it's really a, a, a moment by moment right like there will be days yeah. and like I'm good, and even right now, I'm like, okay, like I have that good friend time. I'm like feeling like maybe I need a little, you know, a day or two to recharge. Um, luckily, I live alone, so I have the opportunity to do that. Amen. <laughs> um, yeah, seriously, um, and and there are times when I I, I know, and, and to me, it's been about really being attuned to Mm. myself and attuned to, okay, what is the mood? And sometimes you have more control over that than others. Sometimes you have things like, well, I've I've committed to this and it's important for me to go. So like mood, whatever doesn't matter. I will meet meet the world and the friends or whatever the, the day calls for. But I think the more that we can like, yeah, be able to attune to ourselves and honor that, um, and then in the moments where we don't have as much choice, we're like, it's OK, because I have the choice mm, most of the time. I love that. And that to me is like freedom and liberation. Yeah, <laughs> ultimately yeah. is, is is choicefulness.
1: Absolutely.
0: And, and to, to find yeah. that choice coming from a an authentic and honest place as opposed to like, mm. oh, I'm choosing this because it's my identity or I'm choosing this because it's pleasing someone else. As opposed to like just tuning into this moment which is like the only present truth uh
1: mm. that's
0: a hard one because I do it too as like
1: Absolutely. you know as
0: someone who identifies as more introverted I'll I will tell myself if a friend invites me out well no I shouldn't go out because I'm you know I'm introverted and I don't think I should be going out. <laughs> like that's like two nights in a row that's too much but like actually if I were to sit down and like think about it and feel into myself I'm like actually I'm I'm craving that. I'm going mm. like, but I'm telling myself I shouldn't. And then I go and do it, and it feels so enriching and so fulfilling. And I come back just like charged up and happy. Yeah. So it's, it's, it is about that tapping into the moment and just letting go of some of your, your hard lined identities and labels. For
2: absolutely, yeah. absolutely. We're, we're really
0: going, we're really getting going with this already. But <laughs> I want to take a moment just to kind of catch everybody up that what what we're really here to talk about today and what you do. You're a relationship coach. Which is that what you, you refer to yourself as relationship coach? I do, yeah. And a lot of your work well I'll just go ahead and read. I I kind of stole your mission statement from your website. So I'm gonna read that go if for you don't mind. It. Read it. Yeah. Your mission is to help deconstruct the personal and social limits that keep you stuck in uh, hurtful relationship dynamics and some societal Personal limits. So, tell us what that really means. What are these these limits, um, these constructs that that keep us all stuck? Like we we're just talking about.
2: So I see people, individuals, as part of a larger ecosystem, and that can be the ecosystem can be right. We have a self, which even internally has its own ecosystem, <laughs> and then we kind of, you know, we think of ourselves as as, as babies as we develop. We have a, a, an ecosystem which is our, our caregivers, our families of origin, or, or however we grow up. Um, we have the neighborhoods we grow up in, we have the uh, schools we attend, the larger culture and society, religious institutions. And we have all of these inputs. And, and they they grow with us, right? They're they're this ecology that we live within, and especially as we're developing, right? Especially as our minds are very very um, young and um, they're they're growing at the at the most rapid rate.
0: Right, we're very dependent on outside
2: Absolutely. sources yeah. to to develop our sense of self as an individual, and so we have these ideas of ourselves that have been And not always intentionally, sometimes intentionally put there by all of these ecological inputs by by Mm, our environment. And so we grow up and we become adults and we or teenagers or whatever. We enter into other relationships, work relationships, romantic relationships, friendships. And we have this all of these inputs that are in our subconscious. They're, they're, you know, what some people call baggage <laughs> or, you know, you can call schemas or mental models or implicit learning. Those are kind of the more science-y terms. But I think generally it's, it's unconscious, often unconscious, sometimes a little more conscious views that we have about ourselves, about relationships, about it's our meaning-making of the world. And those are important. And sometimes they're helpful and sometimes they might not help us showing up in the most authentic or loving or um, you know intentional ways in our relationships and so as a relationship coach I do a lot of work with the unconscious I do a lot of work kind of understanding what those you know what our beliefs are what our unconscious might be saying and might be moving us towards and really tuning to more of who who is our, our our self right who is this self that is? Right. Again, all of these words, higher self, best self, right? And then I, I don't totally align with those, yeah. but I think those are things that, that the general public can, can kind of understand these these kind of deeper, right? Right.
0: I guess what you mean is uh, the, beyond the conditioning, beyond those things we took on, what yeah. is... What's kind of just holding all of that? Like, what is the thing that's...
2: Sure. and And what do we want to keep and what do we want to shed, right? Because it's yes. not that everything is bad, but it's saying, okay, according to who you are, right, when we do, we can do values work and getting in tune to like, what are your values and do these relationships and people and work life and all of these things, do those resonate with your yeah. values? It can be looking at you know, how you your ideal relationships, your wants and needs, and also looking at what society has has told us is the right way to do things. I think an important part of what I do and and is is I, I work with everyone in in really any relationship, but I think if I were to be forced to have a niche, sure. it would be like queer and non-monogamous relationships. So we are all conditioned in a mono-normative or a, a culture that really puts monogamy on a pedestal and
0: yes absolutely to
2: a, to a big degree a heterosexuality is, as well I think that is 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 has a little more honestly I think at this in this day and age I mean obviously obviously there's homophobia and transphobia is, is rampant and I'm not denying that and there is also cultural um like underpinnings for acceptance and 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 more queerness monogamy though people have real real strong feelings about the people are like ah, but, <laughs> I don't know about that one um uh, yeah and so so looking at the conditioning of monogamy which is like it is deep it is deep of 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 what we think relationships should or should not be. And so a lot of, you know, I think why bringing the social piece into the work, A, I think it's, we can't divorce ourselves from the, the socialization that we, that we go through as humans. And Looking at that and looking at, you know, our, our individual development in our families of origin or our peer groups growing up or, you know, the kind of peak moments where those learnings that we have and the meaning making that we have of the world um, come up. Sure. And ultimately, you know, re- relationships. And, and I truly think like everything is relational. And even just when I say relationships, I think a key fundamental part of that is our relationship with ourselves is looking at how do I think of myself how do I behave towards myself yes and when we can look and heal the relationship and, and, and accept ourselves as we are I think it really lessens defensive like and lessen all of the kind of behaviors we see in our relationship the
0: projections right
2: the, yeah exactly yeah. yeah and and so a lot of the work I do is is okay you know let's let's look at, at you and yeah
1: um, and
2: what's going on there and how does this feel for you Mm. um so yeah
0: that was fantastically put first of all I mean you just kind of scooped it all and just put it very well that was amazing (laughs) what I was hearing was you know a lot of what you do is looking at these these conditions these um cultural normalities that we take on and we we accept them as whole truth right we accept them as this is the way i am and this is the way i'm supposed to live based on what i've known what i've been told what i have learned to cope or survive whatever it is and so what you provide is a safe space to maybe just start to loosen up a little bit on those those reins or maybe people already are starting to loosen up and they're looking For someone who can help them continue that process,
2: absolutely.
0: um, which is is a it's an equally exciting and terrifying process because of the cultural and societal aspect of it is that as soon as you start to let go of the the baggage or whatever of of your culture and you're in that kind of nebulous um, unsure whether you're going to pick it back up or not. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of hear, uh, hearsay about what you should or shouldn't do from the people around you, and that's what makes it really tough. And it's nice yeah. to have just a, a sounding board that is not even trying to convince you of anything, but is just aware of all the different ways you can be in the world and that you can do relationships with yourself, with others.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so that's what kind of like how I found your Instagram was that I was in that kind of phase myself of not really feeling at home in the relationships i was having with myself and with others um and the way i was you know presenting to the world wasn't feeling authentic and i was starting Mm -hmm. to find these communities of people that were finding their voice and their authenticity and it was really resonating and somewhere along the line your instagram came up and it was just a it was like a oasis in the desert you know it was like mm-hmm. a very welcoming uh Aww. community and the way that you present the information is just very concise and non-judgmental so i thank you for that it's very helpful
2: um, thank you for saying that eli that that means the world to me to hear and that's that is yeah. my goal so hearing that reflected feels really good i appreciate that
0: i mean i think the like almost eleven thousand other people that are following you <laughs> probably feel pretty similarly you're you know, that's the <laughs> happening for a reason Yeah, but, you know, to, um, I guess, you know, to have that, that's why it's really important that you're doing this work is to talk about the things that, like you said, people are still really not wanting to talk about Um, non monogamy that is like, you know, I would say, at least in my reality, I live in the south Mm -hmm. in North Carolina, pretty Mm -hmm. conservative area. Um, I'm sure California is a little more open. I see the world as, like, we, we, like, expanded west, you know, and that was, like, the progress, and then somehow now the progress is making its way back east slowly? I don't yeah, know. Yeah,
2: that's <laughs> interesting. Uh, I mean, I think it's a both and, that, you know, there's this image of California yeah. as a beacon of, and we have our shits, you know, like, sure, we sure. we are are just, you know, there's plenty you of... You have
0: humans, basically, is what you're saying.
2: We, I, I mean, actually, yes, exactly. We have humans and we have a full range of humans and um yeah, I just I like to, you know, part of my kind of tagline is like tender, real and right relationships. And the real mm-hmm. part is like I'm I want us to like be very just kind of brutally honest. Tenderly honest with ourselves, to, like
0: make space for the shit. Radically like <laughs>
1: honest,
2: yeah. yeah. That that and 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 taking away mirages and and pedestals and just seeing us as we're all kind of muddling our way through.
1: Yeah. And
2: and I mean, I guess that gets back to the, bringing it back to you know, kind of the geography of like there. Of course, there are trends and like you know. Yes there are images of the South as a certain kind of person and there are images of California as a certain kind of person. And there's so much diversity within that, that I think is really important to dispel those myths and, and just, um, but at the same time, I mean, even if you just look at like legislatively, like, yes, I think in general California is probably a safer place for many people than let's say, you know, other places in, in the world or even in the country are. And that's, that is both a reality and there are parts where, it's not so like right? counties or state or cities or, you know, yeah.
0: so, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess that begs the question of like, you know, with stereotypes such as California or, you know, let's say LA is progressive. So therefore people that want a progressive lifestyle will go and move to LA. Sure. And so that it's kind of a, it can be a self-fulfilling prophecy, even though there are lots of discrepancies within that. So, you know, I guess what I was trying to get at is that when you're in these, Communities where you feel as if you don't have anyone you can talk to about, say, oh, I'm questioning whether I am gay or straight. I'm questioning whether I'm monogamous or non monogamous. And there's no one to actually share that with that you feel safe.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. You kind of, I mean, for me, if I would have never found, um, you know, online communities that welcomed the questioning, that welcomed the exploration and things like your Instagram and the work you're doing. I probably would have stopped there and just would have listened to the the mm-hmm. culture around me and been like, well, there's just something wrong with me that I need to get over and suck it up and either just be like lonely forever yeah. or, or just get back into another monogamous escalator relationship until that fails again. <laughs> and uh, so that's the beauty of these brave communities, in my opinion. It's really brave to just kind of start this
1: yeah.
0: community of people that are willing to question willing to let some things go in order to discover their true selves and it it embodies you with the power to find your values basically
2: Mm, absolutely which
0: is how you want to live your life is led by your real values
2: absolutely and and you know you read you read my little like Mission from from my website, which is you know it's it's a coaching website. It's 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 for individuals because that's those that's a client base. But when I think about even my larger mission, it's like I want a world where like if you're not doing harm to others, which you know like and and even I mean even the word harm has you know like there's a lot of nuance in that. But if you like, I want a world where everyone can question everything, where you can question, and there's not these mm. huge societal. Impacts on what you are allowed to question even and what you are allowed to to explore and experiment with right where you can just be like I'm going to explore authentically to be like am I attracted to certain genders what is what is gender right like what is you know how does you know all of these um ideas and and how does that yeah resonate with me also knowing that things will shift like I just want more fluidity in our world, ultimately. Yes, and so yeah. I think my broader mission is, and I think this is why I kind of, you know, we all have a love-hate relationship with social media, but but I love a platform such as Instagram to bring ideas, you know, and, and you know, it's probably an echo chamber in all honesty. And yes. right, like, maybe there's some people who you can reach who are like, oh, wow, I never thought about this that way. And like, I just want to bring more nuance. You know, I talk about Like what I think right now, when we hear the word non-binary, we think like gender. And I'm like, yes, absolutely. I want to live in a non-binary world, right? Like binaries generally, again, even I wouldn't even say all non-binaries, because that would be a binary, but generally non-binaries are limit, or binaries are limiting. Right. And the more we can have nuance into any conversation and say, hey, maybe we're both right here. Maybe there is some merit to both of what we're saying. Right how do we meet in the middle? Right. And that, and I, I'm not saying I'm great at that, like with certain conservative <laughs> value or like, you know, things like I, I struggle with this in certain parts of my life. And I'm, just, and I'm even like, as I'm kind of figuring myself and my values out, I'm sitting with, okay, where do I, where do mm. I draw a line? Where yeah. do I, you know, um, Anyway, that gets into a lot of, of different territory, but I, I just want more nuance in all of our conversations. And I want to be the type of person like I want, I prioritize relationship. Just like, that's one of yeah. my core values. And there's a whole bunch of other kinds of thing like generosity and benefit mm. of doubt and like, you know, trying to connection and understanding is, is all under that umbrella of relationship. Um, and I want, I, I think that we really do heal and grow through relationship. Mm. And yeah. and so if I'm fighting with someone who has different beliefs than me and like just like attacking and really you know yeah
1: um,
2: and there is a place for sacred rage, <laughs> you know I believe that and that I believe is 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 not actually in line with my values of justice and liberation mm. for, humanity yeah. and so and then that's and i i that is my value right and i do not again people have different values and might say oh that's you know that's a really limiting way we have to like fight and, blah, blah. and i mean we need to to fight for justice. That's part Absolutely. of a non-binary
0: world is that they yeah. like, they can have their beliefs too. And I
2: think also we all have a, a role in, in justice and liberation work. And I think mine is more on the relational front, right? Like I just, I don't have the brain for policy. Obviously it's important in this day and age. And I'm just like, I've tried, I've done, I've done, you know, I'm a, I have a social work background. So I've been like, Micro, mezzo, and a little bit of macro level work, and I'm just like, I just it just doesn't fill me up, and like I love working with individuals and understanding kind of a human condition. Um, and I have like I support all of my loved ones who do that that work, and I'm like, and there's a part of me that's like, man, am I not, you know, I think there was this like, am I not good enough because like all of my really cool smart friends are doing like policy work, and like I just I'm not, I don't want to, and then I've come to places like, no, this is my role in the revolution or this is my role in in this work is to yeah connect and and i think again with all that like kind of doing values work with myself and and a little bit more healing and understanding what authenticity feels like in my body and like an embodied sense of my values it's like oh no no no. this is what i meant to do and that's my goal for everybody (laughs) like what is your role in in the world you know and and the more that we can do that and and when i say in the world i'm not talking necessarily like about your work i'm just talking about your role in in bringing sure in your time
0: in your limited time here you know
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I am so yeah.
0: on board for your grand grander mission. I like sign me up, whatever Yay. the petition. <laughs> My
2: diabolical plan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> absolutely. Put me on the guest list. <laughs>
2: <laughs> great. Great.
0: You're invited. <laughs> you know, it's um, yeah, it, it isn't. It just isn't a binary world. It isn't a binary existence. We nothing in life operates in that way. I mean, everything operates on a spectrum from light, <laughs> the the basis of <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> of you know our universe essentially is on a spectrum. So therefore, everything does. Um, it's just you know, like you said, to to reduce things down to it's this or it's that is no way to live a harmonious life. And um, you know, like you said, you just want the the greater world, the, the most people possible in the world to experience what it's like to not have to live that way and that really resonated with me because i actually had a conversation recently with my own mom we were on a a beautiful sunset walk by the beach and i had recently i got out of a relationship this summer that was a wonderful relationship like you know by all means we were really great to each other wonderful people yeah but our values were just not really there as far as like the long term, um, and I started you know kind of I it's been an ongoing journey for me. It's been a year year after year thing of like experiment, feel things, and then push them down, and then do the thing you've always done. Right, mm-hmm. do the pattern again and see what happens. <laughs> um, so it's just been a nice uh, you yeah. know it's like climbing that ladder of pattern recognition, um, but you know, really this time of really laid into my feelings of like, I just kind of operate very happily balanced in a more solo type of lifestyle. Um, and I, I mm. say the word solo instead of single, because I think it's important to make that, if we're going to talk about language, I think that's an important language distinction. Ah. Because single, talk about binary living, single is like, oh, you are a singular, by yourself, Poor little lonely thing, and I like the word solo because it reclaims this aspect of you know what actually no I'm fully complete, you know like I for instance I'm a solo musician I get paid to play solo music, and everyone thinks it's I don't say everyone thinks it's good but the people who come <laughs> and enjoy it think that it's perfectly complete music right um, yeah. so therefore a solo person is a is is a valid complete, able to find happiness person. Um, they're not waiting in the wings until Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright comes along, which is also okay if that happens too. But anyway, um, yeah, on this, on this walk with my mom, she, she's a very open-minded lady. I love my mom. Uh, she asked me, you know, well, what do you think, you know, it means to your future if you don't decide to settle down with a partner like what does that look like in the future she wasn't asking with any kind of agenda she was just really curious and I I just told her I don't know (laughs) you know just in the same way that people who settle down with people also don't know (laughs) Um, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. there's this like you said this uh, cultural overtone of well if you settle with somebody then you're actually you're good you've got your person you guys are going to sail off into the sunset until you're 85 and then like you'll probably pass within a couple like hours of each other (laughs) and (laughs) it's all gonna be just fine (laughs) and there's a million billion examples of how that doesn't always work out that way but there's that that when you take a different choice of like i'm gonna i'm gonna explore this um maybe taboo or culturally not accepted path such as being solo or being polyamorous um people really want to know they want to know if you're going to be okay or like you know I think that really is the basis of it is people actually just want to know that you're going to be okay Uh it's not really as much about the judgment as it is they want you to be okay so that they can be okay um yeah but that 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 conversation just I kind of ended it by saying you know If we're going to make this world a more open and loving and joyful place, and in my heart of hearts, love is just so not a limited thing. There's no shortage of it. Um, It's not confined to one uh, vessel or person or relationship. Um, And if if you really believe that, you really want to see a world like that you have to be one of the early adopters of that like you have to be one of the ones who's willing to like start taking the steps to do the scary things instead of just kind of waiting in the wings for the change to happen or for the world to look like you want it to look like um you might never see it and you certainly aren't going to have a hand in building it if it really is what's calling to your heart like like you're saying like this is just your heart's calling you had to put some other things away that you're proficient at but was not really your heart's calling to like how you can actually see real real change happen in in the world which is that's absolutely inspiring when you see it and I'm sure you are seeing it
2: absolutely yeah you said so so much in there. And, and I want to, I want to go back to what you said about, about the not knowing. And I also, I think another element of, of my work is being comfortable with the what is, with the, this, this is, this is what is right now. And, And oftentimes that is a not knowing. And that is nervous system work because our sweet lovely nervous systems and i'm not going to get too too into that but they're wired to to want to know right like like that is why we think in binaries is because our 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 nervous systems which are very you know connected to our brains and and that Mm. whole system is trying to keep us safe and and secure all the time and going back to like how we develop and what it, what our nervous systems believe mm-hmm. is safe and secure, right? Those are all of those things that it's like, okay, hey, that's bad. That's good. That's bad. That's good. And that's kind of happening on that unconscious level and not knowing. It can feel like hell to us that not knowing can feel so destabilizing that making a yes for no decision isn't, it's like, once you make the decision, it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong, it's just like, whew, okay. Yeah. A, a decision has been made. And so I think part of the work of nuance and non-binaryness is having more tolerance for. Yeah. For nuance and non ness for not knowing and being able to say, okay. We are present with the not knowing. What does that feel like? Oh, that feels like my gut is totally in knots. Okay, let's turn towards that and welcome that feeling and just sit with it. What else comes up now my chest feels really tight, you know, like, and then I do a lot of somatic work. So that's why I'm bringing in, like how our body feels, but, you know, or like, these are the thoughts that are coming up and they're like, you know, I feel like I want to run away or, or, or I'm having images of, you know, something in my teenage years or whatever it is Mm. that is like, Oh, there have been times in my life when not knowing was actually really scary to me or, or, or even just being a human, not knowing feels really scary. So I just want to like put a plug for like, it's okay if not knowing is scary because it is scary to humans. It is a very scary place. And I think the more we can intentionally sit with not knowing a, I think it's also kind of a the more we can do that, yeah. the more knowing comes to us more more easily because we attune to ourselves a little bit more. We're not pushing away. Because when we push things away, right? When we're not with the what is, then other kinds of things have room to come in and be like, now defensiveness, protection, all of those things that you oh, <laughs> mentioned. Yeah. All the
0: all the mechanisms. Yeah. All
2: the lovely mechanisms. They're all protective, they all have served a purpose, we love them, and yes they aren't always serving us and our our loved ones and our relationships um and so yeah being present to the what is which is really hard for people myself included you know but but i think that is also some of the work like okay what is present here what is you know what is present a and also what are some of the things we're maybe not even noticing that are also present um and that that can take a long time and i think it's important
0: a lifetime i mean
2: I mean, (laughs) it probably
0: will. So don't get your hopes up, guys. (laughs) It's going to take at least a few lifetimes. But (laughs) um, no, that is fucking gold because um, any listeners who are repeat listeners here, which I'm sure a lot of them will be, our first three episodes were a deep dive Mm -hmm. on obsessive compulsive disorder. It's something that I'm affected with and a lot of people in my life. And that is the basis of the disorder is the inability to tolerate the uncertainty of things so we use all of the lovely like protective mechanisms to control something to have something in our lives that we can control whether you have OCD or not it's just a part of being human is this discomfort with uncertainty Um, it's kind of the nature of the name of the podcast comfort and chaos is that
1: (laughs) absolutely
0: (laughs) chaos is the name of the game
1: it's here, you time. know,
0: there's at, at any moment you're in California, you guys have like earthquakes and shit. Riot I don't know. Fires. It's oh, like yeah. <laughs> it's a mess here for sure. Um, you have to accept that. And, and it is, you know, like you said, it's, it's the hardest thing, but it is the most rewarding thing to once you do learn to sit in it and find, quote unquote, comfort in that space, you you start to realize and become attuned to when you start to pick up those mechanisms when you start to act out of those patterns and you you can actually create space between the the action and yourself which then there goes the choice and the autonomy so you don't have to you don't have to act it out this time if Absolutely. you don't want to and isn't that freedom
2: I mean Yeah, I think that part, right, the choice point where, and and I'm going to bring in kind of going back to the ecology, right? Like, we look at broad systems, we look at um, capitalism, which is like, fast, go, produce, (laughs) urgent, 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 right? And so (laughs) pound the pavement, hustle, hustle, right? And like, there, again, there are moments when emergency is is real, right? Like there are emergent and, yes. and chaotic moments in life that require us to do that. But when we are doing that all the time and it becomes a cultural norm and a societal, mm. you know, like way of life and we internalize that and, and that urgency becomes kind of like, okay, I just have to like go really fast. We don't get the opportunity to slow down and yeah. have that choice point of, mm okay, what do I want? What does the situation call for? What does my community need? What does my loved one need or want right now? Am I able to meet that, 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 right? Like it doesn't, it doesn't have us asking questions and that can happen quickly, right? Like we don't have to necessarily take two days to do that. Like, but, and the process can become more familiar as we do that intentional work, but we have such a fast paced culture. And I think, Part of my my own just personal work right now is like slowing down because I am a fast paced baby. Like yeah <laughs> I I am a fish. I can tell I love it. I, I mean i like I you know I'm on time to things and I just have like I, I call it like I have a good relationship with colonial time, right? Like I just like <laughs> I, I have been it 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 is something that I, my brain is like grocked onto and was like cool I got this. Um and that's just who I am. That's not anything I've tried to do right like that's just a temperament thing. And so I'm it's not better sure. or worse than anyone else. Um, and I'm efficient. And and so, but I've noticed that that has also become like, okay, I have to do that as opposed to, it's just this thing that I can do. And so now as part of my kind of work in like slowing down and as I've done that, I've been like, oh, like, wow, look at this whole world opening up and I can snap into like, okay, I'm going to be, you know, like I can still do things efficiently when I want to and need to, but it's not all the time. Yeah. And now I have more choice in. How I respond to things, which makes it more intentional, which makes it more authentic, which makes it better relationships, right? I can see all of the kind of downhill movement, right? It's kind of that upstream. This is a, an, an anecdotal idea of upstream, kind of like you do that work and then things kind of can more feel like they fall into place in a way that is serving me and my world in, in, a, in a way that feels better, you know?
0: Yeah, well, it's your your patterns or your your mechanisms, and there's a lot of, like you said, a lot of strength in those things because sure, and we your, yes. some of it's part of your nature. You're just a faster, more whatever person, but they start working for you as opposed to you working to keep them alive.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, and yeah. then it's
0: like you are just uh, you have this suddenly you're powerful person with this tool belt of things you can tap into when the situation calls for it
2: yeah you know I'm, I'm really partial to two parts work um, there's I don't know there's this um, internal family systems but, yeah, but this idea yeah. of like we all have these like all of us have have parts in within us that that we you know can that all have their own personas and personalities and they interact with each other and there is a core it's, we can call it self energy or self or higher self. Again, whatever, whatever resonates mm. most with one person. And oftentimes that self is hidden by these parts have kind of taken control of us. Yeah. And so when we can look at those parts get to know them in a very like I really want to know what are you protecting what are you doing like what is your fears what are you you know Mm. oh I'm afraid that if Molly doesn't act really fast she's going to be left behind I don't know right like that's just like so there's a fear that you say oh I can really understand that and you get to know that you know and again this is long long term can be long-term work but you say and then then the self some some people see (laughs) see it as um kind of like a, a a big conference table where like mm. there's the CEO and that's you, which I don't I don't love this language because I do not work in the corporate world at all. <laughs> but I think it's something that we all can can understand, right? Some kind of big table, right? There's a seat a at the table for all your, of our parts. Yeah, yeah, there's a gathering and there is there is someone who is in the leadership role who is deeply taking into account everyone's everyone's opinions and ideas and saying okay I think the best thing is to do this because I've taken into account right everyone feels heard no one needs to get really big and mad because they're not being heard it's like okay I I, I hear that and like thank you for it for that and then the self gets to say okay mm-hmm. based on all these parts and understanding and you know tending mm-hmm. to those then I can make these decisions yeah. and the parts will Calm down, really. I mean, they will. They will say, "Okay, like it's really about building that trust between this self and all of these parts that are, yeah, um, within we us." We all
0: have so many. We all have so many parts, and
2: we all have them.
0: Um, that kind of, I think, is a perfect segue into talking on a broader or maybe a more focused scale as to how we relate. You know, we have these internal parts. And then how we relate those to the outside world, which has a lot of parts to it. But in our culture, so, okay, if I say the word relationship, the first thing that most of the people listening right now are thinking is, well, let's be honest, me dating a woman. <laughs> that's probably sure. what the first thing most people conjure. But me dating another human being or, or married to another human being that's romantically um, involved and this is my special person etc that's when you say the word relationship it's kind of the first mm-hmm. thing that comes up Absolutely. but we need to talk about how relationship like you said you you believe everything is relational i mean i have a relationship mm-hmm. to this this phone right now that i'm getting information from whatever whatever <laughs> it is around me
2: <laughs> don't we all I I, have a relationship <laughs> with our phone yeah
0: actually i think i'm in a monogamous relationship with my phone right now <laughs>
2: I mean,
0: it's pretty, it's pretty exclusive, actually. Uh,
2: uh, Right. Primary partnership with
0: our phones. But um, yeah, let's talk about how relationship is, is, is so much broader. And even this, like you said, on your heart today was this sense of this deep connection to your friendships, your friend relationships, and how much they're filling your well and covering these these parts of your internal family system with love and and support that a lot of people think they're supposed to just get from like one person um so i'd love to talk about yeah. like i want to talk about the relationship escalator sure in in the terms of that um normative
1: yeah.
0: wording can you can you give us a little bit of a synopsis a of the escalator yeah, yeah.
2: So the relationship escalator is this idea, right? When you think of an escalator, it goes one direction. And we're talking about an an upward escalator.
0: And it's moving.
2: It's it's moving. There's no thought to it. You get on, you get off at top and you can't really stop it, right? Unless there's a a malfunction, but you just go up. So that, that imagery of something that is just kind of like, and, and it's on a belt, right? It just keeps on looping around and it's just, it goes up. You get on, no thinking you're at the next place. So yeah. When we talk about the relationship escalator, and it's it's you know very much in non-monogamous circles is this idea that in monogamy culture and in, in monogamy, you have this kind of like escalator that you get on, and you don't really it's 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 almost compulsive. You don't think about it too much, right? Yeah. I mean we do think about it a lot, but you think like these these are the next steps, and that's just what happens. So, you know, yeah, you meet someone, you maybe, you know, have a first kiss, you date, you, depending on who you are, might have sexy times. You then, you know, let's say you say I love you. That's another step. Then you move in together. Maybe you do that for a year or two. Then you uh someone proposes to someone you get married you have kids you live happily ever after right and I think yes when I say that people might roll their eyes and be like well that's not like you know like that we all no one believes in happily ever after anymore and sure 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 sure. like there are parts of that where I think there is a little more space for people doing things differently or there's different points where it's like we break up before the Whatever point, you know, but then you go back to, okay, then I'm going to find the next person where I can,
1: Mm.
2: you know, ride the escalator up with as opposed to what am I wanting, right? Like, I really like this person. I actually don't think that we would live together well, but I really like our, our sexual connection. I really like how they make me feel we don't think like, well, well, why do I have to live with them? Right. Like, can I have a relationship with this person and not live with them? I mean, also we're in late stage capitalism and sometimes like <laughs> living with someone is just like financial, like there's so yes. many reasons and I want to bring that in because like it is, it's hard to live. Oh, like rent is expensive. But, but when we think about just like that, that compulsion to like these yes. are the steps we do da, 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 and you don't even think about them, I want to make space and, and people in kind of the, the who are challenging just like mono normativity, which is like nor- the, this kind of like pedestalizing of monogamy is saying like, Hey, well, well why, <laughs> why do we have to do it like this? Where are the options at any point of the way to change things and say, I actually, like, like you said, like, I, I, I like more of a solo lifestyle, like living. I, I, th- I personally, me, Molly, thrive living alone and i'm at the point where i'm like i don't know if i want to live with someone you know because and i even when i've been non-monogamous i have ridden that escalator right it's it's deeply ingrained even when i've been like deep in like non-monogamous theory and like doing it and coaching i've still been like on that escalator because it is deeply ingrained in us yes and so when you can pause and say, "Well, what what do I actually want? Like, why why mm-hmm. do I have to do these things in this order, in this way? You know?" And you bring that again, choice point and space into your own life and conversation. And I think oftentimes we use these escalator points, right? That I love you is the moving in as like, and this means that someone loves me, as opposed yeah. to. How do they make you feel, right? Like, mm. like love is a felt sense, right? Do you feel heard and understood and respected, and like you are able to communicate and and really like have someone see you in your full complex humanity, mm. right? Like that to me is more important yes. than whether or not I live with you, and so. Oh, yeah what are we using as symbols of love as opposed to an actual felt sense of love? And, and because I think a lot of us have this unconscious fear of being unlovable, we can use these kind of, we can use the relationship escalator as a proxy as Mm. kind of like a, well, if these things are happening, that means I'm lovable, right? Because society has deemed this as what is lovable, right? This little box of monogamy and of being in, you know, like having the kids having the marriage having the home having the you know whatever the thing having the things and that is what means I'm lovable and not actually having a felt sense and I think people know that like if 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 someone were to hear this and they'd be like oh shit like I, I do I feel lovable and and again like we are all lovable every single person is lovable yeah and so I'm looking more for the felt sense of 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 feeling lovable which is a personal work because no one I mean yes people can make you feel loved and lovable but that will be fleeting if mm. you don't consider right. yourself lovable
0: it can only be a reflection of what you're able to uphold in your own self uh,
2: exactly as, as, as is everything
0: <laughs> Yes, yeah, here we are again Some, right? here something we are something again. something yeah. mushrooms I don't know
2: <laughs> it all comes back to the mycelial <laughs> network <laughs>
0: But no, outstanding way of putting the uh, relationship escalator, which is a, a term coined by Amy Garan, which her book, Stepping Off the Relationship Escalator, is fantastic for anybody who just heard all of that and is like, wait a second, I, want
1: to I
0: think I need to like <laughs> question why I'm writing this thing. or yeah. And I want to make a distinction that by, by giving it a name and by maybe deconstructing it, we're not trying to dis... And disempower those choices those totally. say say um getting in a relationship and falling head over heels uh, saying i love you having kids it's getting married good. none of those things totally. like and all of those things are a completely valid choice the point is that if you're riding an escalator you actually don't have a choice unless you oftentimes either get thrown off of it or you jump off of it or you tumble down it um there's not a lot of ways off the escalator so I think and I think Amy put this in her book is like turning the escalator into a staircase. Because a staircase ha- is a it's a choice thing, right? You can you choose to take the next step or you choose to turn around and go down one step or down three steps. And that is something that is so not talked about in modern relationship culture is this element of fluidity and choice. Mm-hmm and inclusion yeah. of your yourself and your needs in the middle of the escalator going up. And
1: um,
0: I myself, have, I've ridden the escalator up to, I don't know, one of the pretty high rungs. They're very, very <laughs> close to creating another <laughs> life. And um, it was a moment of, mm-hmm. oh, you know, again, going back to finding communities that reflect values you didn't really even know you had. Um, I, I found a child-free community at a time where I was really questioning that and it was this like lock and key thing of like, mm-hmm. oh, that that's so authentic right now. And I, I have to I have to be in that and explore that. And it was it was a hard thing. But, you know, the escalator did not allow for that change. Um, yeah. And so that's yeah. kind of the crux of of the work is is in slowing and ultimately halting the s- unconscious movement of the escalator and making space for communication and choice within relationship, right?
2: Totally. Yeah, I see it as like a meandering path with little side paths that you can go. You yeah, it's know, like a like hobbit a, like, journey. It's a hobbit. <laughs> it is it is the ultimate hobbit journey. <laughs> They're
0: definitely foraging for
2: mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah, maybe not as intense as Frodo's yeah. journey. But yeah. Like Sometimes yeah, though. It's, it's some
0: I mean, I've met Gollum once
2: yeah <laughs> we this year has been full of meeting Gollum <laughs> yeah no but but it really is it's like we're something slower slower than an escalator right escalators are, are made for efficiency yeah <laughs> the they, escalators were great in capitalism because they get you where you need to go pretty fast um and yeah it's it's really about that that slowing down and saying what what do I want, because when I attune to what I want, especially in, in, something as deep as relationships, right. Yeah. All relationships, right. Friend. But like, when I, when I'm really attuning to that, then when I'm showing up in these spaces, like in, in, or in when I meet people, when I, I like, I know, Oh yeah, you're, you're, you're my people. Right. Like I think many of us have the experience of like, yes. you just meet someone, whether it's just like, again, doesn't have to be a romantic partner, but you meet someone, you're like, your vibe, your energy, like you are my people, you know, and you, and you have that knowing. Yeah. And, and that can happen on a romantic plane. It can happen. You know, sometimes it happens. You go to a workplace and you're like, Oh, these, this job, like these are my people, right. It is a sense that you have. And the more you can attune to that within yourself and know what does that sense of safety and security or like, you know, yesness feel like, um, then you can say, okay, like I'm going to, be here present with my boundaries, with my, my fullest self, knowing that I will be honored and cared for, or ideally hoping, you know, and, and, and knowing that, yeah, like if people are my people, they will, they will want to honor and take care of me. And that will be a mutual yeah. experience that will be reciprocal.
0: Right. And, and that is the exciting and challenging part of getting into this space is that yeah. I would say that it's, it's still a very small amount of people who are, even aware of what the term relationship escalator is or Absolutely. Um, you know the different aspects of relationship. So it's really like when you meet someone like that, you're like, well yeah, you know and then it can be really hard actually when you meet someone like that to then <laughs> <Sure>. slow down, <laughs> not take the escalator with them because you're like, well, this is it I you know we've met on this level um, and like you said, you know slowing it down, And maybe even grinding it to a halt sometimes. Like if step one was I met this cool person and we vibe on this level and we love to share conversations and we like to go on walks together. But you don't really desire something more than that or they don't desire something more than that. Like you don't want to have sex with them or they don't want to move in with you or whatever it could be then it's okay. Like that can be just that step and that relationship is completely whole and wonderful and valuable.
2: Yeah, and it's okay to be disappointed, right? Like I think like it is okay to feel a little heartbreak or a little sad. Like it is okay to say, Mm. man, they want this thing from me or or they don't want this thing and, and I really wanted that. And then, How do we then say and sit with like this fucking sucks and like they're totally valid and I mean of course right like that's their experience they don't want this with me but how do we you know sit with and really turn towards that disappointment as opposed to then doing all the behaviors that make us kind of numb out the pain because it's hard like that is an uncomfortable feeling and it can tap into those again those monologues of I am unlovable I'm unworthy I'm all these things and. And I think that it's important, again, to being with the what is. Mm. And sometimes that that is what that is, is just like sadness and disappointment and just like, oh, man, like I really was looking forward to moving in with this person. Um, Yeah. And that's all okay too.
0: Well, and I think, again, like going back to the, the sitting with uncertainty thing, we're not really taught that in our culture to sit with our uncertainties and our uncomfortableness. We're also not taught how to sit with disappointment. No. <laughs> and there's a lot of things to be disappointed about in the world. Everything. But especially in in our dealings <laughs> with other human beings. I mean, uh, you know, there's just so many things. But growing up, I'm a you know, child of the 90s. I mean, all of the movies, all of the Disney movies taught us that, no, if you connect to someone... Like you, it's going to happen within two hours, you're going to be married <laughs> <laughs> and then you just are going to be perfect forever. And then, you know, I i have so many examples in my lives of that, of that not happening. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I grew up a very introverted person, but very um, romantic and wistful and always like, you know, pining for some for forelo- longed lover. Um, <laughs> and you can create these attachments to people or fantasies or whatever. And you think you're connecting and you were friends or whatever. And then like you said, that things can disappoint you and that is okay. And you can feel that disappointment. Um, Actually last night I was watching a movie. I was feeling kind of a little bit just in my feelings. Mm -hmm. And so I put on a movie to kind of like sit in those feelings. uh, have Have you seen the movie about time?
2: I don't think
0: so. It's about like, do uh, I need to watch it? You should watch it. It's a little, it's a little normative. uh, I will be honest, but you know, it's like, it is okay. And uh, I really wanted to like be in that space. And it's about um, this, this guy, There, all the men in their family, which I kind of have a problem with this. All the men in the family are able to travel in time. If they like go into a dark closet and clench their fists oh. and then they can go to anywhere in their lifespan, like back in time or forward in time. And um, director of About Time, if you listen to this podcast, let's make it men and women next time. But uh <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so there's a scene where he, early on he's like kind of learning that he can do this. Um, he's like in his teens and there's this Girl, she's played by Margot Robbie. She's beautiful, mm. and she's staying at their house for the summer. And so he's like deeply enamored with her, and he's building up the courage by the end of the summer to ask her, like, to basically be his partner or, or whatever, you know, like confessing his love to her. And she responds by saying, like, "Oh, you know." your sister warned me this might happen. Um, I was, you know, I'm, I was told to just treat you like a brother and that's how I see you. And he was just so let down, but he ran into the cupboard and went back in time. And she she was like, um, well, if you would have told me maybe before that you had feelings like earlier in the summer, maybe we could have done something, you know, not knowing that she she can
2: actually do
0: that. (laughs) So he goes and he time travels back and he tells her in the beginning of the summer, oh, I've got these feelings for you. We should, you know, try to explore them this summer. And it didn't change the outcome. She just had another ex- excuse as to like, well, how about you check in at the end of summer and see? <laughs> and the the narrator came, you know, the guy's voice, and he's like, and that's when I learned that you just can't, no matter what powers you have, you can't make someone love you.
2: Totally. <laughs>
0: And, you know, obviously we don't have the the power to travel through time and as far as I know, um, but it is that the disappointment of, we sometimes feel like we can, Mm. if we just, if Mm. we just put on the right, um, look, if we just do the right pose, dance, whatever it is, you know, like
2: take care present as the compulsively. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. of <about> other people <laughs> we yeah. we find
0: out exactly what it is that they need or want and then we present this way and then the the disappointment of that on both ends is that you you need to be okay with the disappointment of it not happening as opposed to the temporary excitement you would get if you achieved that but then you can't keep up the appearance and I think we've all been in that scenario where we pursue this thing that is, like we said, culturally just so pushed on us or like, if you feel a connection, you've got to like get yeah. this person. So you do whatever you can to do it. And then you end up on an escalator with someone that you cannot even continue to please.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. yeah Yeah. no that was really that was really
0: that was just a moment from the movie i watched last night i was like that actually kind of no
2: but again it's 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 that not being present to what is and not being you know able to because if if i mean i haven't seen this movie but if he were just able to be like Man, I'm really disappointed. Like, what did I learn about this? Oh, maybe in my future relationships, when I start feeling Mm. something for someone, I will express it, right? And then continue. And this is a teenager, right? Like, continuing to experiment with with the human condition, right? Being like, oh, I learned this thing about myself. This disappointment, you know, that was really hard, but I sat with it and I learned more maybe that like i don't want to wait on on feelings you know and then maybe you do that a couple times and one time it works and another time yeah. someone's like whoa that's too soon you're like okay you know and then you just get to know yourself relationally better other humans and, and other humans as a broad category right because every human is so different but i um I mean, there's so many, so many ways you could go with that little allegory. Yeah, you know, and I,
0: you know, not to like, I don't want to just now make this a mushroom and about time uh, review <laughs> podcast. It's <laughs> a double feature, <laughs> but just to uh, kind of continue just for a second in that, you know, this guy's power gave him the ability to go back and and try to avoid the pain. Of rejection, of disappointment. And actually, there's a lot of other examples in the movie where he does this and he actually does end up, you know, with the person he is supposed to quote-unquote be with. But there's many times where there's like these awkward interactions and he's like, hold on, let me just go back and try that again. And with the information, which we kind of can do, but not in a you know, not necessarily. The point is, you know... Well, now uh,
2: we're begging the question of is time linear, which don't <laughs> even get me
1: started. <laughs>
0: The the thing that it made me think of is you have a post on Instagram that is called that is titled the point of relationships is not to avoid pain. Mm-hmm. And yes, I believe that. Yeah. So, you know, like, you know, this example in the movie, this guy's literally going back in time to avoid the pain of the awkwardness of relating with another human being. But like. There's so much to be distilled and and learned and expanded through the painful moments, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think pain, pain is just another, and pain is such a broad category, right? We've talked about disappointment and sadness and, and grief and heartbreak. and, um, but, but uncomfortable feelings are a part of life. Yeah. And kind of going back to that, um, being present to what is it's also about being able to metabolize Mm. what's what's going on metabolize our emotions we're not pushing away we're not right it's so that that they can move through us and they don't get stuck right and and we can do that with ourselves, we can do that with other people, right? There's this idea of co-regulation, which is kind of nervous system to nervous system. How do we support each other and be present to each other? We can do it with our self, self-regulation self of like, okay, I'm, I'm present to myself, I'm present to what is, and this pain is what is here, and how do I sit with it so that it can move through my body Maybe I'll get some learnings from it. You don't have to learn from it. It's not like every everything that we go through has to be a right. learning. But sometimes, especially when there are these bigger, like when we kind of start realizing like, oh, maybe I have these patterns that have been showing up throughout my relationship mm. history, right? My romantic relationship yeah. history or friend relationship history. And I think with that, more often than not, comes a lot of grief. Mm. Grief for our younger selves. Grief for... How we weren't able to be loved, grief. How for so many things, the grief for the world, and and how it Mm -hmm. prevents us from being an authentic relationship. And when you sit with that, when you can say, okay, like grief, I'm here with you. Like let's just be here in this moment. Let me cry. What do What do you need from me? What do I need from you? How can we kind of be in this together? Right, like grief is its own thing, right? This like There is grief, capital G. It is a it is an entity or or heartbreak or whatever it is. So that then it's like, okay, like I have moved this through my system. And that can take, I mean, my process of grieving, I think took me about 10 months, right? And it was not just a breakup, it was like all of my Mm -hmm. (laughs) pasts, like it was like a whole big thing and it had its ups and downs. And I think I can, like, say that, like, oh, like, I have metabolized that, right? And I have moments of sadness. I have moments of, you know, it's not that, like, everything's hunky-dory. Absolutely not, right? Like, that's not how it works. But it's about, like, now I I can, I know what that looks like and feels like. And I know how to move that through so that I can be more present to to the world and my relationships.
0: Right. And take that emotional information, like you said, and metabolize it, digest it, as opposed mm-hmm. to just using all the different myriad internal and external mechanisms we can use to block it out indefinitely until it's beating down our door. Um, We we can actually let it in, Mm -hmm. let it metabolize and then use that wisdom because there is so much Mm. wisdom inside of grief and pain. Like you said, not avoiding the pain in relationships to then go forward in our future relationships or in our other relationships in our lives and and be so much more available Absolutely. and so much more present and, yeah. and wisely able to take care of them. Um, and in that way, we can time travel because yeah. here we are with this uh, deep metabolized wisdom and now we're in this totally new situation, but Absolutely. as a more informed person. And that's like yeah. going back in time to the future back to the future <laughs> let's talk about that maybe yeah
2: well i think you know going back to this idea of parts work or inner child work it, that it is kind of like this unconscious time traveling right you really there is work you can do right. to like go kind of back in your in your personal timeline and and be that loving unshaming presence for a child who wasn't met who initially was taught or like was internalize the message of you're only lovable if you don't cry right or 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 whatever it is so that then you can be in a place where you're like no it's okay to cry I am still lovable if I cry right that's just one example of how you can actually do essentially like unconscious time travel or like do that time travel I think it's really cool that you brought that example because we can do that (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah
0: exactly it's always it's always here whenever you're ready for it and there's there's no timeline, there's no rush, but it sure is rewarding when you dive in.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah I love that you brought up the um, the um that aspect of sitting with grief. And there's so many, like we said, so many sources of grief, especially in today's world. I mean, like, it's not just the grief of losing, like, a loved one, you know, <sighs> through mortality, but just going to the grocery store sometimes is grief for me. I mean, just seeing... The way things are and, and, and little little things can just yeah. kind of add. Um, I heard this really fantastic quote. I wish I knew who said it. I just tried to look it up. We'll just say it and share it and give them love, whoever they are. But it was, uh, grief is the heart's way of loving what it misses.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's just, grief is just another side of love. It, it's Love Absolutely. without the subject that it once directed it towards.
2: Absolutely. They're two sides <laughs> of the same you, coin.
0: Right. When you can start to accept grief into your life as this element of love, then it feels, doesn't necessarily feel good. There's a painful side to it, but it feels productive in a way. It feels like, okay, I'm I'm feeling this for a reason and I'm going to be better off for allowing it to be felt. And Yes. Yeah. But on that, you know, going from that quote, as we kind of get towards the end here, I did have, we kind of want to go into heartbreak a little bit. Yeah. Because it is another aspect of relationships and love that doesn't, you know, well, actually it does get, I'll I'll say it gets sung about more than it gets talked about.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way of putting it. Yes. Yes.
0: Um, but I had a a friend of mine who was stalking your Instagram and she really wanted me to bring up the topic of, uh, the heartbreak of what if, Mm. right. And that is kind of this sense of grief of longing for this thing that we no longer have or that no longer, maybe never happened. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So talk a bit about that.
2: So, you know, I think I'll even just. Talk about heartbreak in the very normative sense of like a breakup. Let's 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 just talk about yeah. that because I think it's a it's a it's it's tonight it's in that. the in the heart in the normative idea of heartbreak when you're like I'm heartbroken because someone broke up with me. Right? We we you know. When we enter into a relationship, and this is a normal human thing, we have an idea of someone, right? Like we see them in front of us and most of the time it's like, oh, this this is the kind of person who will love me. This is the kind of person who Actually, will- Actually, most of the know, time
0: now we don't see them in front of us. We see like see a on the, on <laughs> digital reflection of them and then we see like- their words but what
2: they choose to write about themselves right you start texting oh they're really smart look at the you know like you have an image right of of some of how they are of who they are of how they will treat you you get to know yeah. them that is either bolstered and you're like yes they continue to be this this person and that means that they can love me in this way and that means that this fantasy i have of my life could come true and you continue relating to them and mm-hmm. being in relationship and then you know, things change and they break up with you. And not only is it just, I mean, there's just heartbreak in itself is just a feeling of, oh no, someone doesn't love me in the way that I want to be loved with them. But I think there's also this element of what if something had been different and I couldn't, like there, there can be this kind of added element of pain of the heartbreak of was there something I couldn't do or what if we could have Hmm. had this relationship extend longer what if the fantasy could be real or and then it can get into kind of turning on ourselves of like what could I have done to Hmm. prevent this
0: or in the context of like um in the context of this normative example what if I wasn't so non-normative? What if I wasn't, what if I didn't have the urge to be polyamorous and the, and the person I totally. w- wanted to be with was monogamous, you know, and then you can really totally. just layer on this guilt and shame and pain,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Uh you know, just wanted to bring in that example because that is totally a thing.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. What if I, you know, I shared this really personal, personal vulnerable thing with them. What if that was the thing that made them not love me, which, rarely is that the case i would say i mean maybe, maybe and sometimes. if it's the
0: thing yeah right you, know? you should be okay with
2: but, that right but and i think it's it's really that like man what if we had had more time together it's just all of these questions can come either to the surface or under the surface of our of our consciousness mm-hmm. of how could it have been different and that adds to the pain of mm-hmm. the heartbreak and i think it's something that isn't always talked about you know it's just like i'm just I mean, I think it it, it it's just the it's just one facet of you know one plane of heartbreak, um but it was coming up for me a lot in my my you know heartbreak of man, what if x y z thing had happened? what if one of us had healed more? what if the, 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 you know then then could it have worked right and then you kind of keep latching on to this ideal and fantasy yeah uh which i have a strong relationship because my venus is in pisces <laughs> anyone <laughs> knows what that means
1: <laughs> all right
0: part two of the interview is just part all two, astrology,
2: astrology. <laughs> you know i'm queer i have to plug that in but yes no i i think i think that that the fantasies we have which are going to happen there's nothing wrong with having fantasies and desires and things that aren't fully based in reality and looking at those and being like, okay, what, what are the, what ifs? And are they, are, how, how realistic are they? Or, and is it just kind of another defense mechanism or another way of coping with the pain of just like, this sucks and I'm disappointed?
0: Yeah, no, it's, yeah. that's a really, that's a hard facet of heartbreak because,
2: it is. They're they're all <sighs> hard shit. I mean, not always. Actually, sometimes there's joy and excitement and and newness. Yeah, there's inherently.
0: like the uh, there's like the five days post breakup where or like uh, it's after <laughs> totally. the twenty four hour cry cycle and before and like, the oh. like two week grief cycle. So you got like this time period of like I'm gonna totally. get some. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, Ooh, I'm I'm a, I'm
2: a free bird.
0: Yeah, but that yeah, I've, I've definitely in my recent grief cycle have sat a lot with the what if, right? And the especially in terms of like, well, what if, what if it's me? What if I, and I think it's actually, now that I'm saying it is actually an important what if, what if is important to sit with? Like there doesn't have to be an answer to it, but it's an important question to ask because a lot of the times when we go through heartbreak of any kind, but in this example of a romantic relationship if we don't ask the question, what if like, say for instance, what if I'm adding to this pattern that I keep, I keep breaking up with people or people keep breaking up with me oftentimes. And I'm guilty of like, you know, three, four breakups were just like, Oh, it was so them. They acted like a lunatic. And I just was, I was protecting myself and I had to get out of there. Therefore I'm the innocent one and they are the villain. Yes. And that's never true. Well, There's elements of truth that can be true in that. Rarely. Yeah. But oftentimes we have such a role. And so if you can actually allow yourself to kind of just sit with the what ifs of like, well, what if, yeah, what if I would have been different? Or what if next time I don't act in a way that plays out these patterns that tend to lead to.
2: What attracts me to a little bit of chaos in someone else? <laughs> Why is that something yeah. that is attractive to me? Huh. Mm. Who does or that or what, if,
0: me? what if next time <laughs> or what if next relationship I get into, I don't hide the fact that I'm, uh, you know, solo or polyamorous mm. or queer or whatever it is. Yeah. What there, yes. There's almost like a, there's a yeah. like shift, right? You can turn towards the what if of possibility.
2: And I think it can also attune us to our own desires, right? Like if there's something that you're, that Mm. you're like, what if it's like, Oh, maybe I want this thing. Like maybe I I do want this thing that I've been denying myself. I've been saying like, well, that's silly. But then you're like, Oh, this, this element of heartbreak is actually maybe illuminating that maybe I do want, you know, more of a non-monogamous lifestyle or more of a, I mean, honestly, for me, I've realized, which is very funny because I'm, I'm, you know, like I've realized I would never call myself monogamous, but I'm like, I actually don't have the energy for more than one romantic partner, right? Because like love is absolutely abundant and, and unlimited, but time and energy are not, right? There are very yeah. other, there are resources that exist in our life, time and energy being one of them. And I realized, especially because I want such a thriving friend community that like, the amount of energy that romantic relationships take on me and I I love giving that like I don't have that for at least right now in my life as I've kind of again reoriented to extroversion introversion right like I don't have Mm -hmm. unlimited energy for romantic relationships because they do take a different kind of energy from me than my friends do and that's a reality for me right that's just this is just for me and so one might look at me and say like oh that person's monogamous even though like I more identify with relationship anarchy as the sense of like, my friends are actually just as important to me as my romantic relationships. They were, it's different energy because of, I don't know, nervous system and attachment. Right. But like, Mm, but, but it's still not monogamy to me. And I mean,
0: that circles all the way back to the very beginning of your, your grand plan for the world to experience (laughs) a less binary existence. And yeah in the binary, right? Um, saying that you don't have space right now for more than one romantic partnership. Like you said, mm-hmm. everyone points at you and goes, Well, then you're monogam you, then you're monogamous. Like you can't be you, you either have to have five partners and doing the whole shibby dibby, totally. or like you are monogamous or you're single. Like But I also Sorry, I
2: didn't. No, I just want to say I said romantic, not sexual, right? Like I might, I can only have one romantic sex- partner, but I might have a couple sexual partners, no. right? Like there's yeah. so much more. Exactly,
0: than, and than there what is what we think of. There's part of the grand plan in itself. Not, not, yeah. not to have multiple sexual partners. That's not. The, <laughs> that's not <I> mean. the. <laughs> that's not the overarching goal, but it is included. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, no, just that sense of um, making. Space for the entire spectrum of where you're at now, like you said, attuning to it, and not having to label it. Like it, just because you're not doing one thing doesn't make you the other thing. And
2: that—that's it. That's it. Yeah,
0: case closed. Be who
2: you want to be. Just be kind to people and mm. figure your shit out. <laughs> <laughs> that was way too hard I would never say that but also kind of no we're keeping it in for sure (laughs) no I think it 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 really is like yeah finding out what what makes your like what makes you feel the most joy and authenticity yeah and when when you feel like you're moving away from that what's going on who are you yes and and really attuning to those things and saying oh you know, I have a friend where every time after I spend time with them, I just feel like crap about myself. Like, okay, mm-hmm. why do you feel like you have to be friends with this person? What's going on there? You know, what are the things that, and the people that after you leave them, you feel, you know, just lighthearted and happy and, you know, you sleep better yeah. or your anxiety is quelled, right? What is it about those relationships and those people that maybe you want more of in your life? I love that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And, you know, I would love to be as bold as to say that everyone that's ever lived is polyamorous. <laughs> and,
2: yeah.
0: Let me, let me, let me provide some context here because that may be a hot take.
2: Hot take.
0: <laughs> what, what I'm saying is, not in like the clinical definition of having multiple romantic partners, um, that could be even be more defined as non-monogamy. I'm not sure. Um, But that everyone's heart has the ability to love more than one person. Because don't we all love our mothers, our fathers, our cats, our friends, our romantic (laughs) partner. I love my cat too. He's locked out of this room because he is a pest. But I love him so much. Uh And so we're born into this you know, if we want to break down the etymology of the word, poly meaning yeah. more than one, multiple, and amorous meaning love, um, multiple loves. We all have multiple loves. Yeah. And yeah. it doesn't have to be this, like you said, you're in or you're out club kind of thing of you're either with those guys or you're with these guys. We all have the capacity for a lot of love
1: mm-hmm. and we all have
0: the permission to make that look how we want it to with the consent of everyone in our lives. Yes.
2: We deem it right here that mm, we give so you permission to love multiple people, but do it honestly. Don't cheat on people. Um, but yes, yeah, I, that's, I, that's,
0: that's just socially acceptable, non-ethical, non-exactly. non-monogamy, <laughs>
2: non-consensual, non-monogamy is a no go in my book. But um, yeah.
0: Yeah. <sighs> Molly, this has been such a like well-filling conversation. Like I'm really glad we didn't choose one specific tact because I think we've touched on a lot here and
2: Absolutely. it's really, I really left me with a this.
0: lot I'm, I'm like charged up i need to go like jump in the ocean or something
2: <laughs> do it i love that
0: <laughs> yeah this is um,
2: really great
0: it's been awesome do you want to take a moment just to talk about this new exciting venture in your life of launching a website and how people can get in touch with you through that and what what you do through that website
2: sure yeah, I mean, so yes, I just launched a website um, last Friday, uh, which was September 1st, and I i am um, a relationship coach. I think we, we talked a, a lot about what I do, and I think pretty much everything we talked about today are things that I can support you with. Um, so I feel like if, if you listen to to who I am and you feel intrigued about who I am and what I do. Like this episode, actually, kind of this conversation it's a good in, It's a good really-
0: round round.
2: Yeah, really. And, and it really is like if you are struggling in your relationships um, or and again, I do have a leaning towards queer and non-monogamous folks or people who are questioning any of any of who they are and, and identities or what kind of relationships you want or if you and your partner are thinking about opening up or you are non-monogamous and you're looking for support in, in all of that. Those are things I can support with. I really ooh, ooh, look at it through a healing lens and you know i i don't i wouldn't come to me if you just if you only want support with relationship agreements because to me i'm gonna get into a little more of the uh tender stuff right mm. of like what do these mean the to mycelium
0: you? network of the heart
2: <laughs> the mycelium network of the heart <laughs> yeah like i i really you know i i do have um Like I have a therapy background. I'm also a therapist and and I do counseling on the side. So I I, you know, and coaching is is slightly different. I'm not too pressed about their differences, except I'm very clear on on the the boundaries between the two. Mm -hmm. But I think I come from a place of I really do want to look at this from like how are we healing ourselves through our relationships. Um, and so, yeah, so you can read about me and there's just a contact page where you, um, connect and, and, um, just email me and I will get back to you usually within like 24 to 48 kind of business days or whatever. Um, and, um, and then we go from there and we do, you know, I'll, I'll offer a, a consult call. Consent is really important to me. So giving you the chance to meet me and see if, if the vibes are right. Yeah. Uh, vibes. You know, <laughs> vibes. It's all about vibes. Um, and then, yeah, and you can find me on Instagram, um, Bonobo. So, my, my business name, I actually don't think I've said this, is Bonobo Relationships. And we haven't even gotten into Bonobos, but you can, there's an FAQ about them on my website. But um, my Instagram is Bonobo.relationships. That's B O N O B O.relationships. So, and y'all yeah.
0: seriously check out this Instagram because it's such a great, again, I'm so. I'm just proud of you for the way you've put oh, this out there
1: because it's. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no,
0: it's it's really digestible and it's really non-polarizing, like which I think is a really uh, rare thing to see on social media these days.
2: I'm not going for shock factor. <laughs> Every once in a while, I am. Every once in sure. a while, I'm like, ooh, people are gonna have. I know, I'll be like, is my shit post? <laughs> but that's just when I when I have my little mischievous mood on. I'm like, yeah.
0: But yeah, everyone definitely go check out the Instagram. Get some of this, you know, just awesome little little deep dives. They're like little, like you said, Hobbit little journeys. Oh. I love that. Yeah. Little
2: Hobbit journeys. <laughs> little, little forays into the woods.
0: Especially the website. It's bonoborelationships.com. That's it,
2: yeah. yeah.
0: Awesome. I think there's going to be some listeners here, honestly, that are going to be really curious about what you have to offer. And I know You're I am. So if if, I, yeah. if 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 this was just for me, you know I'm happy.
2: This was fantastic. It was so lovely connecting with you, Eli.
0: You too, Molly. I will. We'll be in touch for sure. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. All right.
0: Happy foraging.
2: <laughs> Thank you. I hope you find some as well. in your. I don't think the I'll wood. find one.
0: In, if I find one in the ocean, I'm not going to eat it. But
2: Okay. Good call. But I bet, you know, not too far away.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right.
2: <laughs> All right. Take care. <laughs> Bye. You too.
0: All right, y'all. That was Molly Ray from Bonobo Relationships. Links to her Instagram and website are in the show notes below. As always, if you leave me a review, give me some feedback, subscribe to the podcast. It's very helpful. I want to know more about what you guys are looking for out of a podcast like this and how I can bring more interesting guests into these conversations. So thank you all so much and take care. Cheers.